I have these friends, Dan and Sheila. I Actually, they're podcast hosts. Welcome to Profiling Criminal Minds. I'm Dan. And I'm Dr. Redmond. And we are back for episodes three and four of Millennium, Dead Letters and The Judge. Yep. Ah. Uh, this, yeah. this show really goes for it. Well, let me put it this way. The first one was... Oh, yep. it was really... The it's... second one, to some extent, is is not as tense. No. No, but it it's just, it's a transitional episode telling you that, yeah, I mean, I mean, the murders are god-awful. Oh, yeah. Um, as well. But we'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about it. But it is, it is just a more average type of episode. It is. No, and that's, that's what interested me so much about Dead Letters, is the fact that... Oh. I know that it is so just, I mean, well, it's telling the story of, to, I mean, put it in simple terms, Stephen Lang is in it, which is great. Also from Crime Story, worth mentioning, uh, Stephen Lang is in it. Uh, yep. Oh, I was looking into trivia. Turns out that the network wanted uh, William Hurt to play Frank Black. But William Hurt wouldn't do television, so they had to go with the guy it was written for, which is Lance Henriksen. You can almost see it, right? William Hurt, yeah. Almost. Yeah, you can almost see it. I don't think it would have been as I don't think it would have been as good, but that's me. Anyway. (laughs) I'm just going, I can almost I was almost gonna say I mean, in the way that we can see Gary Cole as better in almost everything. Not in this one. No. Yeah. Like, you always want Gary Cole, but it, you understand that he can't have been Mel Prophet. You know? Yes. Then you can understand that he can't be Les Henriksen. Yeah. Either. He couldn't have done this show. Exactly. I'm not sure William Hurt would have done it the justice. No. I don't know that he would have. But, I mean, he he's could. a good actor. So he's not a really good actor. But, no. There's just something That's... about Lance Henriksen on this show. Yeah, that just gets Oof. to Yeah. And again, it is the world weariness of Frank Black that he sells so yeah. fantastically well. Oh, I love him in this show. Which uh, we'll get to because that's largely what the first episode is about is how do you keep doing this job? How do you keep doing this job? Yeah. To a guy who barely started doing this job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Stephen Lang's in it, and uh, he is also a profiler. And he's mm-hmm. working on a murder case, which is clearly inspired by, you know, the classics, your Green River Killer, your Ted Bundy. Uh, yeah. They specifically do the Ted Bundy, you know, tricking a lady into helping him get into a car to murder her, that kind of stuff. Like, it's, we can all see the real life serial killers this is touching on, you know, so it's not like this show is uh, above delving into that ripped from the headlines kind of thing that we're so familiar oh. with on every well, other show. Yeah, and Stephen Lang, of course, uh, had caught the 
the road eight killer or whatever. Whatever they call him, yeah. Yeah, whatever they call him. And it, it, it is, I mean, and and they're debating taking him into the Millennium Group. Yeah, letting him be one of their consultants. Yeah. And so Frank is essentially being sent out to do an assessment. Well, yes. No, there is a there is a murder. No, no. Yes, an assessment of him as their yeah. invest as to work with him on this case. Obviously, there's a murder, you know. But Frank is being sent to do an assessment. Yep. Yeah. At the same. Time. Exactly at the same time. And we see that he uh, is not coping. I mean, because Frank had his breakdown. We know that Frank has had his breakdown. Uh, but yeah. he has managed to push through it. And yeah. we see that Stephen Lang is not having as much success pushing through it as Frank did. Because he and his wife well, have split up. Yes, and he's basically at the beginning of his breakdown. Yeah. And this case is just going to shove him over the edge. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, uh, I know. Uh so I, I was also reading a little thing with Lance Henriksen where he said that he doesn't uh, think that Frank is supposed to be psychic. He's just, you know, so good, you know, so much insight into these people that, you know, he has the ability to put himself in their heads. And I'm like, I don't think no! you were watching the show that. Ca- well, that's the thing. Uh, here's <laughs> here's the thing. I will tell you this, right? Um, yeah, I understand. No, no, what, what, I, what I'm going to say is. If yep. if you don't watch the completed show, if you just read the script, uh, right, and you don't watch the completed show, and you don't see the way they have chosen to, like, visually portray his insight as yeah. specific images that happened later in the episode that he couldn't possibly know about. That he, yeah. Not only that he could not possibly know about, but that he couldn't possibly visualize Based Even on the information that man, he had. Yeah. Yeah, based on the information he had. He no, is you're a totally truly, right. truly psychic person. Yeah. And that's all there is to it. He, for whatever reason, if just doing all of this, which is what Stephen Lang has been trying to do as well, put him in a different space initially. Yeah. But it does seem that he's had these visions all along. Yeah, and he's only known how to control and process them since. Yes. Yeah. Oh, no. I mean, that is clearly... Like, whether it was Lance Henriksen's intent with the character, we're talking about the sh- what the show is telling the audience here, and this is what the show is telling the audience. Yeah, the yeah, man yeah. is psychic. Yeah, that's that. No, yeah, yes, and he's got to be in league with the angels. Oh yes, but we'll talk sure, about so, that. Yeah, we'll talk but, about that going forward. Sure, but no, I mean, no spoilers for people who haven't seen the show. <laughs> no, but that's not a spoiler. No, not really. If you if you think about it, you if you watch the first four episodes, you got to have some idea. Yeah, that, that there is a spiritual I, aspect to all of this. Yes, that if you are psychic. Like this, it has to be something you are born with. And clearly they both believe. Oh, yeah. So, you know, it's not as if... um, I don't know that Frank thinks that. No. And obviously, as you say... Lance Henriksen um, doesn't. Lance Henriksen doesn't. But then Lance Henriksen 
um, as you say, didn't watch the finished the show. show. I'm uh, guessing he, ne- the man, never watched the finished show. No, well, I, I would yeah. be willing to bet money that the man never actually watched the show Millennium. He was too. I mean, at the end of the day, he's way too busy making the show Millennium to ever watch the show Millennium. For sure. And I think that you, I would say that you'd have to be burned out after you did this show. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, he's in in almost every scene and And they're only filming at night. (laughs) And and it's 22 shows a season. Yeah. It's back when they used to make 22 episodes a year. So it's like, this had to be an, like a grueling thing to be a part of. Yeah. One show, one show was. 20 there one season was had 23 in it there you go see you know so and then 20 you know so that's a lot of work oh god yeah you know the prepping the memorizing and um as we know he was he didn't know how to read yes until he was you know in his late 30s or early yeah or early 40s or something yeah well, I think 27, he started to learn how to oh, okay. read. Oh, no, you're right. That's He became an actor in his late 30s. Yes. But yeah, yeah. Did, not lear- did not learn to read until he was in his late 20s. Uh, Lance uh, Henriksen is an incredible, like, has really had incredible accomplishments in his life. Yes, we bought, Especially we bought his, consi- his autobiography, which is amazing. Yep. Just an amazing autobiography. Of course. Signed by Lance Henriksen. Yeah, I had to yeah. interview him about it. It was fantastic. Yep. No, the man is the, the man is incredible. Me. Yeah, no, I uh, yes, I, I absolutely did. It was fantastic. Uh, no, and the man is he's incredible in person too. But so the important part, though, the key part is if you look at this episode, what a clear line it draws, right? Of like the this idea that you can't let this stuff become your life. Yes. I mean, it really focuses in on Frank's attempt to create this completely separate world. Yeah. In this yellow house. Mm-hmm. You know, that this is the place and he walks away from it when he's there. Yeah. You know, and Steve and and Stephen Lang, whatever his name was in the show. Doesn't matter. Um, we all we all know him as Stephen Lang. Yeah. And I mean he's he is such a nasty person at the beginning he's done a profile and yeah and uh and you're listening to it and i'm going oh criminal minds profile okay i know right <laughs> you know i mean it was delivered far better oh of course and, it's it's stephen lang delivering it the man's yes. fantastic yeah okay can't complain about his delivery of it but, but you're listening I, to this ridiculous profile <laughs> Yeah, because because you're going no no Frank Black's not showing up if 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 it's, if it's that simple run of the mill if it's just a run of the mill profile yeah no that's that's not what he's here for <laughs> yeah no not at all and um, yeah so that is is um, interesting it turns out Stephen Lang's marriage has broken up mm-hmm. and you know and then they're discussing it. You know, there's the first one, and then there's the second one, and the killer is sending random people, it would appear, these body parts. Now, Bill Smitrovich is... No, no, but that's that's in The Judge. 
Oh no! Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's in the church. No, the <laughs> first one. I'm sorry. I just, I, well, no. I mean, it's called dead letters, so I understand why you yeah, would think it's that. Dead letters. Yes. But it's no, ju- no. The judge is where people are mailing things. Yes. No. No. This is where. The, <laughs> I just woke up. Okay. I forgive you. <laughs> I passed out. I sort of just passed out and missed. Exhausted. Yeah. There you just go. Exhausted, bro. Uh, um, but anyway, the point is, right, um, so the killer, and this is what I'm saying about the uh, first episode, too, that, yes, there's some interesting stuff in that first episode about the serial killer and in the second episode, right? But <laughs> fundamentally, this episode is not concerned with the killer or the mechanics of his killing. It's not that interested in the villain. It's only interested in what all of this is doing to Stephen Lang. Yes. And, and that's how Lance Henriksen could end up if he's not careful. Yeah. And it's like seeing Stephen Lang as just a warning. And I find yeah, that really interesting. No, it was, it was, you're watching this and you're watching Stephen Lang and, you know, and um, because what's happening is, is this person is covering the heads of the women he kills. Yeah. He only killed but he's cutting them in half. He's chopping them up, but he is covering their faces. Yes. And so Stephen Lang goes through the whole, what does he know these women? Is he ashamed about this? Right. And Frank he just. Does the usual, normal, yeah, he does, exactly. The normal, the normal profiling thing that we are used to hearing. Mm-hmm. Frank's already had kind of a flash. And so his sense already is that, no, this is something else. Yeah. And he keeps saying, well, there's got to be a message. He left a message. Well, mm-hmm. they haven't found a message. And, and then Bill comes to see him. And the reason, like, because there is the hesitancy, the Millennium Group is not totally sure that they should take this case. Yeah. And Frank is the one that says, no, I think we should. And then when he gets there and he has the one thing and then he's going, so where is the message? Yeah. Where is the, where is the communication that the killer is leaving us? Yeah. He's leaving us a message. Now, where is it? Well, we didn't find anything. (laughs) Because Frank actually, when he sees the first body, (coughs) I I mean, the coroner actually takes the sheet off so that they can look. Yeah. And he can't find anything on the body even. Mm-hmm. There's nothing on the walls. There's nothing anywhere. But Frank is certain that there is a message. Yeah. And then we get that horrible. I mean, this episode really had me just like, oh. It's rough. Like, I'm going to agree with you on that one. It is. It it's was, rough to it watch. It was so, such a tense episode because you see the killer and you don't really know what he's doing mm-hmm. except that he is writing a message he's got an inkwell right so he's dipping something in ink you do not see what he is writing on yeah okay but you know that he is writing something is right he is leaving a message and it's just the way the way this show is shot yep oh my god and the only place where there is really light is around the house Mm mm-hmm yeah, house. like we noticed that last episode, and that is becoming like the visual theme of the show, is yeah. that there is no light anywhere. Even when it's the broad daylight elsewhere, 
it is muted and the colors are cold. Yep. We only get light, you only get warm tones inside the yellow house. And outside, even outside. Oh yeah, no, no, just, you're right. In the, in the vicinity of the yellow house. Yes. And then Frank, Bill comes to see Frank and Bill Mm -hmm. says, "Uh uh-huh, uh, so Frank says, okay, so do you have any others? And Bill says, yeah, three more, four more that, that we had, we've never had a death before and we've never found out basically whose fingers or whose Again, you're talking about the judge. How am I talking about I don't know how you keep jumping ahead to the letters being set with body parts. When I keep saying, saying, right, about the judge not being, (laughs) it's obviously stuck in my mind because it's the last one I watched. I know. Let's go back. What happens is, all right, so what happens is, I'm just going to take over now. Uh, He kills a nurse because he only kills women in uniform. Yes, because right. he's obsessed with women having authority over him, Thank you. and Frank has the thing about it being a domineering mother, right? And he probably has never had sex. He would have attempted to with a sex worker who he would have killed instead because you know of his rage over the filth in society. Uh and so they set up a vigil, right? Yes, and they set up a vigil, assuming he'll come by, and they do find evidence. That he has come by, right? They find that he shows up and he leaves a pin. And so they go through the photos of everyone who was there. I mean, they rough up somebody who might have been him, but that's just because Stephen Lang is too uh, furious. And meanwhile, right, uh, please. No, but we've we've missed the interlude because the interlude is before this. Oh, no, no. We'll get to the interlude in a second. I'm just going through the details of the case, right? So Uh, that I don't. Yeah, so you, you don't forget which episode we're watching again. <laughs> uh, yes, right? Um, so you don't forget which episode we're talking about again. No. Uh, right, and so what happens is they go through the photographs of everyone at the scene, and they look, uh, and they talk to the women around to see who which of these guys has approached you, and they find who he's obviously targeting next, and they set up for a trap, and of course... Uh, Stephen Lang can't leave well enough alone and we'll expect uh, explain why when we get to the interlude because they do this really wonderful sequence where the two families spend some time together Stephen Lang and his two-year-old kid right and Jordan is there and right uh, well everybody's there except for, except for the ex-wife yeah they have a barbecue right and they and they stay overnight yeah yeah oh, but and- but what's key is when he drops, when his son was dropped off, right, yes. Stephen Lang freaks out because he sees, you know, the investigation room, the room in his house where all of the, you know, all of the no, looking into No, that's his office. It. Oh, sorry. No, yeah. that is no, but... his office. You're right. No, she does drop off at the office. Yes. No, I thought it was his home office. No, no, no. It is actually the office. They come oh, early. Oh, okay. Right? Remember, because it's, he was supposed, his his wife was supposed to drop, drop him off, off, but another off half hour later. Four. Yes. Oh, and then yes. At four o'clock. And so he and Frank are going over this stuff and they've got things on the wall. And the dad, the, the, the little two year old comes running in daddy, daddy, daddy at work. And he of course freaks out at him because he sees some, uh, cause he worries Not his son is seeing this stuff. Get out, get out the wife, but it's the wife who is just so. Yeah. But why she would blame him. 
for that because, you know, she says, well, yeah, but he just wants, because Stephen Lang says, rightly, well, I thought you were coming at four o'clock. Yeah. Right. And she says, well, yeah, but he wanted to come and surprise you earlier. Well, she's left him because of the stuff he does. No, no, no. She hasn't left him because of the stuff he does. She's left him because he is, uh, right, because he has become a different person. And no, that's he, what I mean. Yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying, like, yeah. she wouldn't, uh, her first thought isn't that he's going to freak out if her if his son becomes to work, because she doesn't know how bad it's getting. Yeah. You know, I, I, do, I defend her actions in this. I well, think... I, but yeah. I'm still saying because it's his office and it's where he works and she knows that he works on these serial yeah. crimes. That's true. That I would be very careful about letting my child go visit daddy. I see ever. your point. Okay? I do see your point. But at the same time, it is literally just, you know, dropping by to see dad. Like that one, I'm not as hard as her on this one as you are. Mm-hmm. But the but the barbecue is really fascinating and it's very well done because it's all about how he can't, right? How he can't shut these things off and he can't compartmentalize. Yeah, you know, because the kids are getting along just fine and Frank puts them to bed mm-hmm. and spends time talking with Megan with his wife. Yeah, with Catherine. Uh, yeah, Catherine. Yeah, with Catherine. Um, she he. he you know, Catherine tells Frank he's got to talk to Stephen and tell him stuff. And so Frank does explain just who this guy is and what he's doing. Um, yeah. Stephen still can't deal with it. Like, you can tell that he just doesn't, because he's already said, well, Frank, I know all about you. And frankly, I'm not, not convinced that you are, you know. Yeah, that, that your you theories can. are right. Yeah. And um, so that's okay. And then... Um, no, and then he talks with Megan Gallagher, or Catherine, the Catherine, wife. Megan Gallagher, that is the actor. Yeah, yeah. and uh, you know, and he's still just—you can tell that he's falling apart. She knows it too because she saw it with Frank mm-hmm. already. Now she didn't leave, but then she was she was trained as a social worker and has seen some pretty horrible things in her life. Anyway. So, um, I she probably was more prepared for Frank's falling apart and the reasons why he fell fall, fell apart than Stephen's wife would have ever been. Because yeah, just, I think that's true. Yeah, you know, like if you're if you're married to a profiler, life yeah. has to be life has to be very very difficult. Mm-hmm. And um. Show because it is an obsession. Oh, yeah. I mean, and you can tell that reading some of the things that other profilers have sort of written, they may not think they're obsessed and they may not think their job is necessarily what's destroying their personal relationships and everything else and the difficulties they have with their children and with their wife and things like that. But uh, Robert Ressler was more, he was more aware of what this job did to you. I'm not mm-hmm. so sure the other guy it, it was ever. We've talked about that in Criminal Minds. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, no, yeah, and so off they go, and there's another one, right? There, mm-hmm. So there's 
Well, because then they have to, but they can follow certain things through. And, and there's the missing, because the girl who goes and helps him. Yeah. You know, um, he needs his glasses. And, and so they go to the place, every place as he could have had his glasses fixed. Yeah. Right? Because they were damaged in the struggle. And that's how, and they show, and that's how they, I skipped over how they found it. Yes. They go to the, all the places where he could have had his glasses fixed. And they have yeah. the three people, they the five guys, they couldn't, pictures of the five guys who they haven't identified and cleared who were at the vigil. And she's able to say that one of them came in to have his glasses fixed. That was really weird. Really weird about it. She starts explaining and so, you know, and and Frank is not, see, Frank is not connecting to what she's saying. Yeah. Right? And even if you've been paying attention, then you probably are going, oh, dear. Right? And sure enough, Frank mm-hmm. and Stephen walk out. And then Frank just says, she's the next one. Yep. And so then they arrange the stakeout. And what's interesting is, of course, the one th- other thing we glossed over is that they have already identified that he must be um, driving a camper van because he cut up the, like, normally he's been dumping the bodies, but the nurse he killed, he left her right where she was killed, but yeah. he was, she was also chopped up. So unless he carted the body off somewhere and then came back, right? Yeah. Uh, and then brought it back, which would be insane. He must have a van to do this in. And of course, they've spotted a van in the area. And so Stephen Lang, because he's getting obsessed, starts seeing the van everywhere, right? Even yeah. to the point where it's like he thinks the van honks at him from behind and he ends up scaring a mother and daughter who just happen to be in a car that looks nothing at all like the van he's looking for. Like that's yeah. how deep down this hole he's gotten. Yeah, he's seeing he's seeing he's seeing it everywhere. Orange, orange VW buses everywhere. Yes, exactly. Because that's what it is. Yes, yeah. um, it it's rusted out and it's old and um, it yeah. It, Stephen is even before that. The, you know, you can just see like you're watching him getting more and more obsessed because even before he sees all these orange vans, he's already. You know, not able to see. Um, he doesn't seem to be able to actually separate. This is the point. He can't separate himself. And Frank has already told him, this is not about you. Yeah. It's not you. These are not, this is not your wife. This is not your children. And, and, and Stephen is just going, you know, Frank knows what he's doing. He's seeing his son. Yeah, ever since, and he even says it, ever since his son was born, he all, he projects all of this into what's going on with his son. And and Frank says, no, you're not, no. You you are not in, and because Stephen makes the mistake of saying I'm inside his head and that's blah, blah, blah. And Frank says, no, you're not inside his head because he has no interest in your wife and your child. Yeah. But you've led his evil into your head. Yes. Yeah. And that's what you're misunderstanding. Yeah. And you're misunderstanding that and you're falling apart. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so, and then we get what is sort of, um, a slight faint because if you've never seen it before, this is, of course, yes, we're spoiling. Of course. Spoiler show, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
That's what and we so they've set up the they've set up the stakeout. Mm-hmm. Right? And they're in with the girl and they've got a policewoman who is going to replace they've given this man only one way into the backyard. Yeah. Closed off a, a couple of roads or something and so that she can, he can only get to the back because he knows the woman leaves by the back door. Yeah. Um so to her car and then and 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 the funny thing is Stephen is still seeing things but he yeah. says and we believe him. That's the thing. He says to Frank he says I don't think I can afford to be here. Yeah. And so Frank says, fine, that's okay. We've got it all set up. Just go home. Mm-hmm. Okay? And so he goes, and you think he's going home. Yeah. <laughs> Which tells you Frank only sees into the minds of criminals. When of he's looking, yeah. Very weird. Um, these it's, it, is a, uh, it is a blind spot he has here. Yes. It's a blind spot he has here. Because we see Stephen mm-hmm. approaching the van. Yeah. And he and doesn't he doesn't wait for the guy to approach. He doesn't do anything. Oh. He just he sees the van and he's like, it's real this time, so he goes and he beats the hell out of the guy. Yeah. And he's worried because, you know, not because there's any going to be any you know legal repercussions for him. Of course there aren't. He's a cop. He's allowed to beat people up. That's what cops do. Uh, but the problem is there will be no. They won't be able to use anything they found in the van. But on the upside, uh, there is plenty of other evidence back at his house, which has yeah, not no. been corrupted by. Uh, but I just I just want Stephen to go how, how tense this is because. Yeah, the cop who is replacing the the optometrist, mm-hmm. right, goes is going outside. She screams. And Frank runs out and just pulls. Yeah. I mean, he would have killed him. Stephen would have. Of course, he would have killed him. He would have killed him, and no question whatsoever. Right. Yeah. And, and yeah. that would have been a whole other story. Yeah, and and um and but Frank pulls him off, mm-hmm. and it is um. Yeah, I mean, all of this, like, it, it is, it's not just the darkness, it's the pacing of it. Yeah. It it's is, an incredibly tense hour of television. Yeah, this this one, um, if I thought the first two, this one was really tense. Yeah. Watching, because you're watching the criminal, because what we didn't discuss is where the messages are. Oh, right. Because they, because they, because after the second one. Yeah. Frank says there has to be a message. Yeah. And I don't know, were there three or just two? Just two. Just two, okay. Yeah. And and he fi- he finally finds them and they're on he has written on a strand of hair. Yeah. So they've actually got this guy's hair. Now if you don't have a root, you can't do DNA. And this yeah. is the nineties. You can tell by dial up internet yeah. right um yeah so yeah you have to say that and it's and this is where he says here today gone tomorrow is the mm-hmm. first one i can't remember what the second one was but frank says yeah but these are from poems and the poems are very ooh, depressing yeah and and this allows frank to even expand 
his profile of this yeah. man, right? And so that did happen, and we didn't talk about it, but yes, he does find the message, and it's in the hair, and we see him, the killer, doing the third yeah. one. Yeah, preparing the third one. Preparing the third one. Mm-hmm. As as Frank and Frank and Stephen do understand, you know, Frank has figured out, yes, who the third one is going to be. Yeah, exactly. They don't know who this guy is yet. They don't have a name or anything. They have this orange VW bus. Man. But that's it. Yeah. But that's it. Um. So they, but yeah, and that's but I mean, destroys it all. Yeah, he almost ruins the case because he can't contain himself because he needs to get revenge on this guy and he needs to get this guy out of his head and he thinks the only way he can do that is by killing this guy. And again, no one's sad that this guy's getting beaten half to death, but but it just at the same time, like it's not going to accomplish anything. No. And Stephen even and, says that, you know, now he knows he can't work with the Millennium Group. Like, there's no way that could ever happen now. He said, he said, after all of this, I am yeah. never going to the Millennium Group. Yeah. And he just, but he has to figure out if he can continue to live. Yeah. And, and then we see the way Frank is coping because we cut back to him with his daughter. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's a very sweet little scene. But, like, we have this idea that, well, you know, if nothing else, Frank has hopefully found a way through what Stephen is going through. And he knows where his priorities are and he knows how to separate himself out. Hopefully. Yes. At, well, at this point, he is successful at it. Yes. And okay. uh, we will talk about that moving forward. <laughs> well, as we move forward, because when we get to the second episode. Oh, my God. Right? You, you can already, because of what's going on in the second episode, you're going, okay, there's something else going on here. Yep. And, um, oh, dear. Is, you know, is Frank going to survive this? And he yeah. does. I mean. Well, no. And what's interesting about the second episode is, and this is kind of strange. Uh, this is the judge. Yeah. This is episode four of the judge. Is, it's this rare episode where, like. I don't want to say there's no danger, but there is basically no active threat within the episode. Like, there's no one who's about to kill somebody and you have to rush to stop them. That kind of thing you see in these shows. It's really just yes. a character study of this criminal. Yes. And that's and it. Yes. And, um... Yes, and it does have a, a twist at the end. Oh, it does. It does, and we'll talk about that. But it's it's very yeah. interesting as a result because it is structured so differently than what we've seen before, which is, well, there's a killer and you have to catch them. And yeah, there's a killer. And yeah, you have to catch him, but it is a very different experience. And, and so this you're... is the one where, I mean, it opens strangely with a guy, a greasy guy in a diner following somebody, right? And then we see, and then we cut straight from him confronting this guy to a woman getting a package. And these are the letters you're talking about it. And the package has a tongue in it. Yes. Oh. I know. And so Bob is like, yeah, we've had, you know, limbs sent, not limbs, but body parts sent to people. 
Yeah, we've had three before this one. Yeah, we've had three before this one. Yeah, and um, or four before this one. But anyway, but something like that. But they've never found who they belong to. No, they have no sense. There's been no yeah. There's been no bodies going with it. No, but as Frank as as Frank would say, well, Frank just said yeah, but they're probably dead. Yeah, and they've hidden well. Exactly. And then we and and then we get that picture of where they've been hidden. I think pretty early on, and we get this picture of the the farmhouse with the pigs. Yeah, and you know anyone who lives in Canada knows what's going on here. Yes, no, yes, this is this is a clear reference to the Picton um, murders. Robert Picton murders. Yeah, yeah. the Robert Picton murders. Yeah. And, oh, I mean, and he just took sex workers. Yeah. Off the streets for years. Oh yeah, probably. And the cops years. did nothing about it. Well, the cops did nothing about it, and he got away with it because he fed them to the pigs. Yep. Oh yeah, it was a it was a real nightmare. It was yeah. a horrifying story. Just uh, but yes, fun fact. Uh, so then we cut over. So they find out about the tongue that was cut out of somebody's body while they were still alive. So ew. Ooh. Right. Uh, then we get a cut over to the judge, our character, watching a guy get let out of a prison bus. Get a guy yeah. gets sprung from jail. And it's John Hawks, Saul uh, Star from Deadwood. Huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Academy Award nominated actor uh, John Hawks, who's fantastic. And he essentially says, and he gives him this wonderful speech. Yes. You know, about society and about justice and about, you know, and the guy assumes that his is his parole officer or a cop of some kind. He's like, no, I, I am interested in a higher justice and I need someone to help me with it. And so, you know, this is going nowhere good. <laughs> I will, no, and I will take care of you. Yeah. And I will take care of you. Yes. If you, if you become my assistant in this is the pitch he is making and... to John Hawks. So he said, and the guy says, why would you do it? Well, because you're going to, if not, you're going to be back in jail again in like three weeks or yeah. three days. Exactly. You know? says, what kind of a, what kind pattern. of a future do you have? And it has been a pattern for him all his life. Mm-hmm. I think that he, the last stint was eight years, but he, the, he, this had happened four or five, six times before. Right. Yep. So the judge basically just lets him. No, well, yeah, okay, and you just do this, and ah, uh, I yes. know. Well, it's it's interesting because mm-hmm. this guy does last for a while because he does kill. Well, he kills the previous. <laughs> he had killed, yes. Uh, but this guy kills the uh, the previous assistant who screwed up by not bringing the uh, who screwed up by not bringing the guy he murdered back for judgment having to like kill yes. him rough and the guy says yeah but you know he just he dropped dead he said i don't know why he dropped dead well he probably had a heart attack yeah you know when you were attacking him <laughs> when you were attacking him and then the judge says yeah well what did you do with him mm-hmm. and the guy says well you know the normal thing and the judge is going oh dear <laughs> and he puts, his, he puts a hood on and he sentences this guy. To death. To death. Yep. 
guy who's been working to him because he didn't follow the rules. Ugh. It's it's a pretty bleak episode. <laughs> it is a, it is a terribly. It is not it's not tense in the way the previous episode episode no. was, but it is darker and bleaker. Yeah. Yeah, because he was not smart enough to this guy was not smart enough. He was just trying to to feed him to the pigs. He just tried to, you know, uh make it go away. So he just dragged the body out into the woods and tossed some dirt onto it. Yeah. <laughs> Meaning he gets cut it gets found right away. Yes. And they find out who this guy is. Yeah. But in the meantime, Frank is going in. To see mm-hmm. that guy, and he sees this other hobo. Yeah. Right? This hobo whose leg has sort of been cut off, and, and he bled out, and they all... And they think, think he was off. rolled over by a train. And then Frank says, uh-uh, these two guys are connected. Yeah. I know these two guys are connected. And so mm-hmm. they do some work on the on the uh, stuff under his fingernails, and oh, yeah, so this is the killer. One guy, the yeah. Other guy dead yeah the cop the dead retired cop his killer is the guy with his legs missing who was apparently run over by a train mm-hmm. <laughs> oh so, my god <laughs> so then they but they go start going into the backgrounds of mrs tisman who received the tongue the tongue and her husband had died in prison after he was wrongfully convicted yeah. And he was wrongfully convicted because this cop lied about him. And now we realize the cop was being punished and that's why he had his tongue cut out. And so it's, it's if thy eye offend thee, pluck it out. Someone is do, punishing people and sending the parts that are responsible for some kind of sin, I guess, to the people who they wronged. Yeah, who they wronged. That's pretty clear. Frank starts to say, okay, we've got to look into some more of these. And there is a pattern developing that Frank sees. Mm-hmm. And he does still have his visions. Oh, of course. You know, that's just, that, that never stops. But Frank says, it's not, we're not really looking for the killers. There's somebody behind this because they also, now that they know who the, the person that they thought was a hobo. Yeah. They was one of the killers. And Frank, Frank looks at his, 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 um, his whole rap sheet and the time he spent in jail. And he said, but this doesn't make any sense for months. He's been nothing. And every other time he's come out of jail, he's always been right back in and started back on whatever he was going to do. And he Mm -hmm. was back in jail. And so Frank says, okay, there has to be somebody else controlling this guy. Like keeping him reined in, keeping him reined in running his life. Yeah, Basically. it's the only way it makes sense. Yes, the only way it makes sense. And then we see our our judge, oh, yeah, the judge picking up somebody new. Yeah, we uh, well, no, no, he had already picked up somebody new right at the start of the episode because he needed someone new to kill the old guy. Next, we see uh, once they figured all this out oh. is when we see John Hawks going out and getting his first victim. Getting okay. set out. Yeah, and like stopping the guy in the road, and then we see a piece of that guy get sent to the federal building downtown. <laughs> and you get that wonderful scene where the uh the the two postal inspectors have to x-ray all yeah. the packages at the federal building. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> they, you know, they see a leg. See a severed leg in one of the... Yeah, severed leg in one of the boxes. Ugh. Yeah, that was a creepy one. Well, at least they didn't have to open it. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. Org, right? Yeah. No, that's true. <laughs> oh, it's a good scene. And hey, uh, we got CCH Pounder making her first appearance as their forensics, ep- the Millennium Group's forensics expert. Yep. We're going to be seeing a lot more of her spoiler alert. As we go along, which is great. because Oh, I she's love fantastic. And she does this this coroner mortuary thing very well. She did, does it. She's the NCIS. Yeah. On NCIS New Orleans. Same person, right? Mm-hmm. Older, a lot older, but the same person. Yeah. Um, yeah. And um, so, and so they're starting to put all of this together, but Frank wants to find who's behind it. Who's behind it. Yep. And the guy who's behind it, we see, then we see him talking with his new recruit. Mm hmm. And the new recruit is actually likes this. Oh, yeah. Like, he is actually, this man has actually found the perfect person. Yeah, the perfect assistant for the stuff he wants to do. Yeah. This this guy is right on board with mm-hmm. this form of justice. Because he gets to meet it out, right? So, and that'll keep him going. Yeah. And, um... You know, and then he'll be taken care of. He has food. He has a place to live. And it's a nice place to live in and everything else. And he's sympathetical with the judge. And mm-hmm. So, you know, then we see him picking. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, and then Frank and Bob are Frank's going, okay, so where do these guys who just get out of jail hang out? Yeah. And so they end up at the same bar that we see at the beginning. Yeah, and that's the first thing is like uh, they they go to a bar looking for someone recently out of jail who yeah. would be uh, who would be ready to do this kind of thing. And so you get a wonderful scene of Frank and Bob surveilling the place, sitting down, surveilling it, and, and somebody see... watching them. Yeah, somebody's watching them, meaning he has to call John Hawks to say, you know, I'm not going to come in and meet you and to get out of there, which John Hawks manages to do. Yes. But they're able to trace the call that was made, which means it leads them right to the judge. Well, it's not it's not the call. It's the car. Oh, sorry, you know, it's not the call. It's yeah. the car he drives off in. They see I mean, the car he drives off in, and they're able to trace the license plate. Yes. No, yes. he's here. It's not even that. He doesn't even drive off in the car. I must oh, have right. Watched. You're right. You're right. He didn't drive off in it. He just left. He just fled yeah. into the woods. Yes. <laughs> yes. And, and he leaving the car, the car behind. Yes, of course. Of course. I'm remembering right? that wrong. Thank and, you. Yes. Yes, and Frank and Bob are stakes have hung around until the last. There's one car standing, right? So that must be it, and they can track it down to the judge because it's the judge's car. Because the judges said, "Just take my car and drive. You're going to be safe. There's nothing anybody can do. Mm -hmm. Nobody knows anything." So, um, you know, and besides, and this is this is the folly of the judge of the judge. 
is that he says, but I wanted to meet. I want mm-hmm. to, I'm not, I know this guy's going to be coming after him. I want to meet him. Yep. I was tracking me. Yeah. Right? Because he thinks uh, he thinks he's smarter than everybody, and he thinks he's got a better plan than anybody. So yeah, he's not afraid at all. No, not at all. And Frank and Bob knock on the door and take him in. Yeah, and the interview scene is fantastic. Yep, because he really does. He is an infuriating villain because he knows there's nothing they can do to touch him. Nope. And he just sits there rubbing their noses in it. Oh, love this scene. And then he wants to speak to Frank separately. Mm-hmm. So Frank goes in to meet him separately. And then we get the I am Legion speech. Yep. And why and he Frank- has a pig, why he has a, uh, runs a, uh, a pig slaughtering operation. Yep. And he has, a, it's a, it's a farm. It's a pig farm. It's a, it's another sort of thing, but he's offering Frank. He said, you can think about it, but you can join me. I am Legion. Yep. And, and this is it. This is the first time in the episode where you're like, oh, this guy might literally be a demon. <laughs> yeah. This guy might be a demon. This might not be like hyperbole. This guy might literally be a demon. Yeah, come on over to our side, Frank. Yeah. And so then, then Frank sort of leaves him right mm-hmm. there and and so bob then asks him so what did he say he offered me a job <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna need another guy right to get his own brand of justice yes and they're all gonna have to you know and then of course um they have to let him go because they've got nothing on him they have nothing on him yeah and so they still follow him back to the pig guy. farm yeah they follow him back to the pig farm and they're and this is the situation because, as they say, they're one hundred percent sure that the that the guy they're looking for is hiding in the pig farm, but they have no way to get a search warrant to get into said because, pig farm. because the judge is suing them. <laughs> I know for false arrest, for you know intimidation, wrongful prosecution. They are just completely swamped in lawsuits, and there's literally nothing they can do about it. No, and they can't go on his property, as Bob nope. says. If I step on his on that property, everything is a mess. Yep. So, but of course, Frank says, "Yeah, but I can't." Mm-hmm. So he goes. He goes up to the house, and but there's nobody there, at least. And there's an envelope to Frank Black. aimed it's at Black. him. Yep. Aimed at him. And he opens it up and it says, well, sorry to have missed you. See you mm-hmm. later. Right? And Frank keeps walking into the building and he finds the guy they're looking for. Oh, yeah. And they he's find the killer there. with no trouble whatsoever. No. And Not he explains no. that, uh, and he assumes that Frank is another recruit. Yeah. <laughs> quite, and you know, quite naturally, he assumes that Frank is just another one of this guy's recruits. Yeah. And he explains that basically in a, a nice little monologue that uh, this guy, you know, was he, he wasn't a boss, basically. <laughs> like, so, he wasn't a man who was in charge. He was just another pig. Yes. And what he says about the guy, though, says, yeah, he was supposed to be outside the law and he was supposed to be, 
you know, doing this and, and all of a sudden his own form of justice. And the minute the cops show up, he starts filing lawsuits. Yes. That like this, 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 this killer is completely and totally appalled. <laughs> I know. What the pig did. And yeah. so, and it turns out, spoiler alert, twist. He had yeah. actually just yeah. turned on him and killed him. Yeah. Just killed him and uh, fed him to the pigs. And he's yep. just been waiting for the cops to show up to take him back to jail. Yep. He said it was going to go back to jail anyway. So, so why not? Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't matter to me. It's <laughs> such a strange ending to the episode. <laughs> very, very strange ending to the episode. But the real question is, and this is like, who left that note? Yes. Because it doesn't look like the writing of the thief. No. Nope. Criminal, the murderer. And it's not like the judge planned for himself to get killed. No. So. so he yeah. Who, who did leave that note? Yes. Was the sure. devil actually there? Yes. Or did, did, did Legion actually, because that's what the guy, of course, is saying. saying. Yeah. Yes. We are Legion. We are many. Yep. If you know all of those. If you've watched any of those biblical-type horror shows... You, you're familiar with Legion, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's such a weird ending to the episode, because it's so abrupt. They're like, we, we can't get this guy, and he talks to Catherine, and she's like, you know, essentially, reminds him that he can. That he's, oh. not, he's not a cop. Not anymore. Oh. No. Oh, and by the way, it was Catherine that gave them the lead on the on Mrs. Tisman. Yes. Yeah, yes. because she had a friend in the um uh, one of her work. friends from social work was aware of Mrs. Tisman, the woman who got mailed the tongue at the start. And her husband. And mm. uh, what happened to her husband, who ended up dying in prison before he could be exonerated. Yeah, and that's how they figure out, you know, that it's... You're right. We should have mentioned that that's why they figure out this is a guy who believes he has a higher sense of justice. Yes. Is because they figure out the Miss Tisman connection. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, we we didn't do this in order, but it it, it is so um, evocative, these these episodes. Yeah. Well, no, there's all of these moments that just stick with you and carry you into this world that it's like you kind of float through this bleak miasma yeah trying to grab onto the plot parts yes and we haven't we haven't seen the nosy neighbor yet no we haven't seen him uh this episode not these two episodes uh but yeah expect to see him again well yes he is their neighbor after all exactly he creeps us up first two episodes so that is it, that is what he's there to do yeah to kind and, of freak you out yeah and so we've got our legion problem right yeah it, it, the idea it, that there is innumerable and that this guy essentially implies if not outright says that he runs a pig farm because of you know the demons yeah. you know whether he says it or not that's the clear implication yeah, because he does bring up the biblical story of the demons that Jesus ran off the cliff. Yeah, uh, putting them into the form of pigs. Putting them in, taking and them banishing them out of a man and putting them into a herd of pigs. 
Who then run off a cliff. (laughs) Who then, yeah, he runs off a cliff. And you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. And yeah, it really does create this very strange, I mean, it's, it's, it's such a weird way for this show to start in such a strange worldview it has. Yeah, you can't, you can't really tell because if this guy was truly a demon, well then how could the other guy have killed him? Good question. So did he leave and go into the pigs and then it's just the body of the judge? Exactly, right? Yeah, because... Because that's what happened in the Jesus story that he was quoting earlier. Yeah. Have the has the demon made its getaway now that it's not uh has it moved into John Hawks and the pigs now that it knows that the judge was caught? Why was this demon, you know, why was this demon killing people who had gotten away with their crimes? Is yeah. it collecting on their sins? Yeah, you know. Like had they committed sins and tried to get it with them, the demon was making sure they paid? <laughs> yeah. Well, they paid and their souls go to hell. Exactly. Like, that's kind of, then, is the higher justice he's talking about the devil's justice? Like, this episode raises a lot of questions. Yes, and it's not clear. And will they be answered by the end of season, what, four? Three. (laughs) Three. There's three seasons, and I can tell you they're not... uh, uh, I know (laughs) I say this a lot. They're not answered by anything that happens in season three. No, no. So I'll tell you that much. Uh, there is a funny story, though, uh, which I will tell you about later after we're off of this. And it's not going to come up till we're talking about two, season two of the show. But I found out something really funny that you're going to be entertained by. Okay. Uh, but yeah, like this is it's such a good episode while being so incredibly unsatisfying. And that is such a weird thing to be able to say. I mean, it's such a good episode, but it's so unsatisfying like it carries you from one plot i mean it's it's completely fair all of the detective work makes total sense it's not contrived at all how they get from step to step except i guess you could say well bob knowing that this is the only bar where you know guys just out of the uh the jail hang out you can say well that maybe that's a bit of a stretch but it's not really that much of a stretch it's not that much of a stretch because you notice that the guys get off the prison bus at that bar. At that bar. And yeah, and that's like a known thing in the law enforcement community. Exactly. Yes, and this may be his their first stop. Yeah. And it, it just happened to luck out. Exactly. That I went back to it because it's it's a familiar place for oh, him. Oh, totally. Comfortable there. So it may be that it was just their first stop and they got lucky. Yeah, and I'm fine with that. I completely accept that uh, plot justification because, again, the whole episode is so well structured and it's so intriguing, but it <clears throat> it leaves you just with nothing but questions. It leaves. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. Where is this show going? Where is this show going? What is the world that this show inhabits? Because this is now the second, right? It's like every second episode. Yeah. We get a little, a little a bit little, of the demonology yeah. that is at the heart of the show. Yeah, because it's not there in the first episode, which is darker. Yep. And harder. But uh, it's there here, and it was there at the end of episode two. Damn right. Yes. And Frank's not exactly knowing what to make of this, right? No. Just 
because Finally he is way in the brain. He doesn't realize it yet, but he has essentially moved into a different world than he had been working in his whole life. Yes. He doesn't know it yet, though. No, no, no. We're starting, we as the watcher are yeah. starting to hear about about I'm, just just oh, who oh. he has gotten into bed with. And then, uh, well, where it goes from there, we're all going to have fun finding out together. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's, but I mean, right from the beginning, I, I think it's safe to say that it's like, we watch a lot of shows about serial killers, don't we? Is that fair <laughs> to say that you and I, we watch a lot of shows about serial killers? Is that, that an overstatement? No, of no, not. it's not. And it's, yeah. The thing I'm getting at is, is there anything like Millennium out there? There never, there never was, and I don't know that there ever will be again. Yeah. That is so funny because this was three seasons. We won't even talk about three, the third season. You know, we'll get there. But, we'll get there. You know, um, there were these, these seasons, and it was intense, and it kept on going, right? Yeah. Um, and where it's going to go, I mean, I do remember, right? We haven't seen any of Terry Quinn. Well, oh, Quinn, but we will. Yep. And, um, you know, it is, it is um, like, okay, you can say that, for example, like you can see the influences, but a lot of the things, it's only in movies that you get this disparate thing. Here you're getting tight little um, 48 episodes, 48 yeah. minute episodes mm-hmm. dealing with these issues. It's, and I mean, it doesn't really have any lightness like, like Supernatural does. Oh, Supernatural is constantly trying to cheer you up. Yeah, it's just going to break you and cheer you. It gives you it gives you some real downers for a while, and then all of a sudden you get. Let's God. do a comedy episode, and <laughs> or let's let's do a, a larping episode. Right? Yeah, exactly. But it's like, there's, but there's yeah. fun asides even within the episode. Um, yeah. And I'm not going to say Millennium doesn't try to do that every now and then. There's a character we're going to talk about later uh, when that yeah. character shows up. Uh <laughs> But, that I'm not saying a character that could have saved the show, but we'll we'll talk about that when it happens. Uh, there's a funny well, story yeah. there too, uh, but yeah, like it is. This show is unrelenting. Yes, it really is. And and again, thank God we're not. I mean, we're not streaming it. I'm watching it. I'm watching it two episodes at a time. Yeah, but if we tried to like mainline this stuff, that'd be real rough. Oh my. God. I know. I'm right there with you. Yeah. I mean, we, and partly, yeah. um, It's even if we do two episodes a week because we're trying to get ahead. Yeah. um, It's a lot. It's, it's a lot. It's a lot. I can't do it before, before, like if we do, if we podcast or we tape on, Friday, that's fine, but I have to watch it Friday morning. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, because uh, if before that, it's just going to be too distracting. It does stress you out. It's stress. It's a show that gets under your skin. Yeah, while you're watching it. While I mean, you're you can, watching it. Like, it, it has no, it has no, 
There is um, no, and that's what I mean. There is no relief valve offered by the show. No. Because even when, like, even when we get these sweet scenes with his wife and his child, right? Yeah. The world, like the 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 desaturated gray world outside the yellow house, is always there. Yes, and it's always so much bigger than this little place, mm-hmm. this and tiny have, little oasis. And and but the thing that they do is they make you in these two episodes forget about the photographs. Yep, it's true because they're so intense that you forget to remember. You forget, forget that there's the stalker storyline happening. That there is a threat. Mm-hmm. There is a threat to this perfect home. Oh, yeah. Because, and the this is why I'm saying even the outside, because there were some outside shots and the sun was shining, the barbecue in the backyard. Yep, there was a check of time where the house is just bathed in sunlight. And they could have done a thing where we get sent some, like, we get sent some, uh, polaroids of any of those scenes but that didn't happen but that said i mean between the guy running the the phone banking cult and the judge we've now had two demons on the show yes so even if you know they're not they're letting us off the hook for the the stalker for now it's still a terrifying world they're giving us yes and that really is Okay, so Chris Carter's nightmare continues. Pretty much. I mean, that's I, that's the way I would describe it. Oh, uh, all right, so uh, we're going to wrap it up here. We'll be back next week for episodes of five and six. Do the titles elude me? Yes. Yes, they do. Uh, but mostly that's because episodes five titles is like just a series of numbers that ends with 666. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So, gosh, I wonder what's going to be happening next week. Uh, And, no, I don't remember episode six title at all. If it's in front of you, tell me, but I'm not going to ask you to go look for it. Uh, For now, though, if you have any questions, if you have any comments, if there's any profiling-related fiction you'd like us to check out, please drop us a line at profilingcriminalminds at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. If you were listening to this on an app or podcatcher, please remember to rate and review it. That's how people find out about the show. We're going to see you back here next time for more Millennium. Uh, a, a truly special show. I mean, the more I think about it, the more I think that, like, suspect behavior could have grown into uh, yeah. Ed Brunero trying to do Millennium, and that would have been really interesting. And yeah. I'm more ang like rewatching Millennium. I'm angrier that he never got a chance to do it. Yes, and if you want to know what we felt about it, well, you know, go check out those episodes. The... Yeah, go check out, watch it, and listen to our podcast on yeah. Strange on the bizarre spinoff Criminal Minds Suspect Behavior, which uh, really the redheaded stepchild of the Criminal Minds world, because the other spinoff <laughs> got two seasons, and Criminal Minds Korea is a peerless masterpiece. <laughs> that we will never say a bad thing about. (laughs) All right. Uh, But we're calling it there. We'll see you back here next time. But until then, I'll say that's right. Au revoir. And season six is called Kingdom Come. Have a good week. Mm -hmm.